Welcome to For the Record, an unfiltered view on current trends and timeless advice for surviving in the aesthetics industry. Whether you're an injector, practice owner, sales rep, or marketer, it's time to set the record straight. Each week, we cut through the chaos and showcase diverse perspectives and winning ideas from the best minds in the industry. I'm your host, Dr. Tiffany Hall, Chief Growth Officer at Aesthetic Record. Now, let's get started on this week's episode. Welcome back to another episode of For the Record, your unfiltered view on surviving in the crazy world of aesthetics. I'm your host, Dr. Tiffany Hall, and we have an exciting episode planned for you today. I met Yvonne Delos a couple years ago at our Aesthetic Next meeting, I think in 2019, and had no idea really about all the incredible things she was doing. And over the course of COVID, I saw her everywhere. I saw her company everywhere and really got to know her and found out that she's this incredible entrepreneur who is doing all these phenomenal, fascinating things. And we're going to have her here today to tell us all about it. But to give you a quick little background on her, she's the founder of Results Medical Spa, which is her own medical spa, and also Medical Aesthetic Art Institute, which is in St. George, Utah, and trains all over the country. I think she's in a training every weekend all the time. And then she also has this new incredible Occlusion RX coming out, which is like basically your crash cart for AEs. So she's a serial entrepreneur in the full extent of the word. Is going to tell us today all about her life as a nurse practitioner, as a medical director, as a trainer, as a business owner, really the whole thing soup to nuts. So Yvonne, welcome to our show. Thank you, Tiffany. I'm honored to be here with you. And we were just talking about, um, if you're watching us on video, she has her beautiful new Evelis plaque behind her from being a big Evelis account. So plug for Evelis there in the podcast. But we're going to kick this thing off and just talk really about you and kind of you know, what you do, where you are in your life, in your journey in aesthetics, how you got started. Just give us a quick overview of all things Yvonne. You know, it's it's funny how life kind of brings you full circle, right? I never, ever thought I'd be where I'm at today. Um, ironically, I went to grad school to do reproductive medicine. My twins are born from IVF. We were actually the first set of um, identical quads or identical twins, so quads, um, in Southern Utah. So it was a really big uh, deal down here at the time. And unfortunately, in our second trimester, we lost a set of twins. And um, But with that, we delivered a healthy set of identical twin boys in um, the fall of 2009. And so I uh, was in grad school at the time and had gotten a job with the founder of IVF in Las Vegas. And then shortly after working there, um, we just felt it was best to go back home, which was northern Utah near Park City. And I had worked for Intermountain Healthcare for 16 years prior to uh, grad school, and they weren't hiring new nurse practitioners. So I ran traumas at the Deer Valley Ski Resort in Park City as I was trying to find a job as a nurse practitioner. And the funny thing was my first job I could find was in aesthetics. So, and um, started in aesthetics in 2014. And for the first year and a half, I had this like, um, kind of like this, I just didn't feel like I fit in because I went to grad school to do reproductive medicine. I'm specialized in family nurse practitioners. So um, I just, I felt like I was losing all my skills as a nurse practitioner just to do Botox, right? So, so little did I know I would come into this industry and be doing all the things I'm doing. So I didn't know there was this entrepreneurial spirit in me. Um, I, I just, I just, I would, I would be in a job and I would get really good at it and then I would be bored. And so I thought something was wrong with me for the longest time. I was like, what is wrong? Why can I not be satisfied? So um, I, I built Results Medical Aesthetics and Weight Loss. So that was my first clinic in 2015 up near Park City. And I was really the first mobile aesthetic practice where I would go to my higher end clients into their homes and do their treatments and services. And then that kind of just evolved and I and I was just growing that. And then my father had gotten sick with pancreatic cancer. So I moved back to the sunny part of Utah down south. And then I went back to Vegas and was injecting out of Vegas. And um, I started actually liking that a lot because I was actually teaching more of the injections to the nurses that I was supervising. So I looked, got online and I looked for a job as a trainer 
And so in, gosh, when was that? 2018, no, 17, I think I started training nationwide for another company. And I just found some, I think when you find some needs, you can turn them into opportunities. And I found that there were some, um, maybe some gaps from the initial training that the students were getting. I didn't feel that that training was sufficient for them to go out and actually start performing. So while on a business trip with my, or I'm sorry, while on a um, trip with my husband, I wrote the whole business plan for Medical Aesthetic Art Institute. So that um, weekend, we were going to Colorado. It was May 28th. We always go to Colorado for our anniversary. I came home June 1st, applied for the business license, and I wrote the whole curriculum, hired, I sold my Toyota Corolla for $14,000 and used that money to build a website. And I launched my first class in August and I had eight students, my first class. And truly that's where my passion lies is educating and, and training. And so um, what I do is I take every time I offer a training, I take that feedback I get from my students and I implement change. And so what we've done is we've invited those students to come back again a second time, you know, three to six months later with all these new implementations that we've gained from other students. And we just keep evolving and growing and our reputation just keeps growing. We keep our trainings really small where we actually only offer four, maybe five students per class. But we are all about value, providing value and building a community. I want my students to, I, I love to watch them succeed and I want them to be a part of this community so they can help one another. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's been amazing. It's been bigger and greater than I ever imagined it being. Um, so that's the training program. And then I've been asked to be a MERS advisory board member. So I'll be flying to Dallas this weekend. And then now I'm a key opinion leader and trainer for Mint PDO Threads, which has been fabulous. And those trainings book up quick. And then since COVID, I had nine educators prior to COVID. Um, and we've brought two of them back. Well, one back in our Texas area. And then we brought on a new one for California. So we're now growing again. And we have actually six clinic locations. So we rebranded results and we um, named it Aesthetico where it was aesthetic company, uh, a Botox bar. And we actually built that for our nurse injectors so that they would um, get out of training and have a place to start injecting. Um, so we are predominantly in Utah. We do train nationwide. Um, I have yet to figure out how to clone myself to give everybody um, the same you know, experience, but uh, we do have amazing trainers, so it does help. So you impact a lot of information there, a lot of things uh, I want to kind of go back to. One that you sold to Toyota Corolla to, to start your company, I think is hilarious. I would sell everything out to in the same way. But I think you, you know, you made a business plan, you kind of thought through it, you, know, you went into it full throttle. But what you said about the continuous improvement cycle. So I'm curious, when you started MAAI, I'm going to try to get the letters, say that correctly here. When you started that, you said, you know, there were things that you were doing that maybe were less than stellar for your, you know, for your students, you had to go back and evolve. What are the like top five things you remember thinking now, like, oh my gosh, cringeworthy, how could we have done that? Like we, we had to learn, thank goodness we've, we've moved past that. Anything that sticks out for you? I, I, I have a, a very high standard of excellence in it, and I'm happy to give my students a refund if they don't feel that they've gained full value and gained the experience that they're looking for. So one of the things we implemented was they definitely need a mentor. They can't just take a one day training and go out and feel like they're ready. Cause I, I promise you, no one feels ready after one day of training. Um, it's very intimidating just to learn how to hold the syringe from being a nurse on the floor and giving shots is not the same as, you know, being a nurse injector and nurses do not, know how to ask for money. So there is a, this whole new, uh, it, it's a mind shift. You go from being a floor nurse and taking orders from the physician and going out and executing on those orders that you're provided with to now I'm the one in charge. I'm, you know, pre performing the procedure, making those decisions on my own for the most part. 
And then, oh, by the way, um, I now need to ask you for $600 or more for the procedure I just did, which is really difficult for nurses or, or provider, medical providers to do. So I, I want my students to leave my class not just learning how to hold a syringe and how, where to place their Botox, but how to connect and uplift and empower that patient that's in their chair to gain that relationship with them and that trust so that the patient wants to come back because the provider made them feel so good about themselves. And then their relationships there, so the patient knows, I mean, obviously our patients know they are paying for a procedure, but it it's so uncomfortable for a healthcare provider to ask for money. And when you start out, I always tell my students, start your humble beginnings. Don't feel like you have to build this extravagant med spa that's gonna put you in the red. I've built everything in the black. My Toyota Corolla was my cash down payment. And and I've done that. I mean, I've, I've just paid cash for my lasers, which now being in business, I know paying cash for everything, there's a double-edged sword there. But that's, I'm married to a banker who does commercial lending. And I've just known, you know. So mentoring, number one, everyone that takes a training must have a mentor when you're first starting out. Um, and then you need that community. You need other injectors that you that are in the same boat, that are going through the same experiences, so you can reach out and have those colleagues to you know bounce things off of. So building that community is is also what we do and, and take pride in. Um, and then you know we're always learning, always learning from other trainings and conferences. Like I will tell you that when I went to Aesthetic Next the first. I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is what every injector needs, where it was packed full of information. And I, I tell every student about this experience because we've gone to so many conferences and we know there's vendors and there's this and there's that. But when you get so much valuable information back to back and you're not torn in so many different directions in which I just loved it. It was such a great experience and the relationships that I've, you know, attained attending. Um, so definitely I always tell my students attend a conference and then I um, tell them within six months of your first course, you really need to get into a, a, a cadaver course where you're doing hands-on injections on a cadaver. So uh, we've partnered with um, Institute of Anatomy and we're in the process of creating an injection anatomy course for our nurse injectors. But Every day I'm learning from my students. They provide me with feedback and we pivot and we change and we adjust and we modify. And like I say, my reputation is so important to me that if I didn't provide that value, I will be the first one to say, look, I want you to have your money back I, or I invite you back. Let's do it again. And I'm going to do it even better. So I think those have been some very valuable things for, for my business and for the growth. I think that's why you keep growing. You know, you're growing in a time where there's so much training in the market right now. And I'll be the first to tell you, it's overwhelming. Everybody's going to be a trainer. You know, when I worked for Galderma, obviously we did training all the time. And I would I would be with people who are trainers. But what does that really mean? You think, you know, you think that you're good at injecting and you probably are. And so now you're going to be a trainer. Well, training is a whole different world. You know, I think about college professors. You had those who were great and those that were terrible. I mean, teaching and training is a whole different world. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, you wrote the curriculum. I'd love to see the fact that you have a structured class that they go through. There's learning objectives. There's things to accomplish at the end. There's, you know, learning outcomes. As a person who's like a teacher by trade, I just think that we have a big gap in the industry that we don't we don't do a thorough job of teaching and training. We just show up, show you how to assess a model, how to inject, how to aspirate, how to clean them up when we go home. And that's not really a training. That's just like an injection demo. I think there's a very big difference there. So I love the fact that you're taking them through like this, almost like this journey, if you will, because I see on your Instagram, you know, hey, graduates, here's another thing you can do. Hey, graduates, here's another opportunity. You're talking to your graduates like in a personal one-on-one -on -one way, I think on Instagram every single day with something new. So I, I just feel like there's such a such a gap with training and you've got a true institute, which makes it again more official. So first of all, kudos to you for that. But as you're thinking about that, you know, new injectors coming in. What are you doing right now or planning for like, you know, the level two, the level three? Do you guys do more advanced trainings right now? And is that a place that you think we've got a lot of opportunity to grow in the industry? Yes, I think for sure there's definitely opportunity for advanced. But what I tell my students is, look, 
You've invested already in your first training with me. I want you to take advantage of your rep because I'm a business owner. I want to teach them the mindset of running a business, even if they work for a med spa. You want to be very cost efficient and effective for your med spa owner because the more money you save them and you make for them, the more is going to come back to you. And so right now we are working on bridging that gap from, okay, you're trained. I want you to be hireable. I need to help get you so valuable that every med spa wants to look at you. And we do have a lot of med spas wanting to hire our grads. Um, but I will tell you, I can teach a skill, but I want to teach you the characteristics that make you so valuable that people want to talk about you. So we're right now trying to bridge that gap is I want to teach them some core principles that they're going to get so good. People can't help but talk about them and value them and want to hold on to them. So we're working on that right now. Um, but so one, take advantage of your reps because the more successful they are or you are, they are right. Um, there's so many free trainings through your pharmaceutical companies that they, I think they get underutilized. So I tell my new grads, look, you've taken the course. You're doing yourself a disservice if you never pick up my manual again, if you never jump on Marco Polo and take a mentoring from me. It's every single student that takes advantage of my mentoring, they're extremely successful. I always say, pick up what I'm putting down. If you do what I say, I mean, success leaves clues, right? We don't need to go reinvent the wheel. If you do all the things that I've done, I promise you, you'll get where I'm at. So take advantage of your reps, learn as much as you can. You have to go into that interview. You got to knock their socks off. You got to knock their socks off on the way you carry yourself, um, the confidence that you carry. You need to know your product knowledge. You need to know your anatomy. You need to let them know. I'm so hungry for this position with you. I know all about your company. I know what you represent. I know all about the products. I've been trained. I consistently seek training. I go to conferences. You need to make yourself valuable. And so I'm teaching them these tiny little pearls um, through Instagram and through our emails and through our community events that we don't charge our, our students for. And they're not just our students, they're all injectors. So every quarter we offer a community event. And I want to give them these little tiny pearls that help them become so valuable that doors of opportunity open to them. So I think, you know, if they want it, I can see it in them. When they want it bad enough, it happens for them. So well, I like this idea of a mentor and also like this cohort, this group that they're going through with. Because I think to your point, you know, you see people who become so close-knit, like a family, the community part of it. I think when you go to like an institution, for instance, you know, a, a group training versus doing your own thing, maybe with an independent person one-on-one, -on -one, which is also great. But I think there's a difference when you kind of form this, this like unbreakable bond of, of colleagues. So, you know, I think there's a, a, a big thing to learn there from like a group going through something. But you mentioned two things earlier that kind of that I keep thinking about as you're talking. And it never really occurred to me to think about this because I'm a business person at heart. So I, I think about business as like in my forefront that nurses don't call the shots in hospitals. Right. So I, I didn't think about the fact that now they're in a med spa and they're the person in charge of all decisions. Not that they can't do it. It's just not their usual behavior. Right. They're learning how to become the, the shot caller, which I think is different. And also about selling things. You know, I focus on training because I'm good at selling. I focus on a training from a skill transfer, like how to become an injector. Because like, ah, selling, it's the easy part. We can sell anybody anything, and you know, ice to an Eskimo. But they're now selling things for the first time in their life, many of them, with no skill set. So I, I'm, the fact that you're focusing on those two things, like what part of your training is devoted to that? Because I think this idea of selling or, or educating, as we like to call it now, is a big gap for the industry. I think that's why we, we have bargain basement prices, we have discounts, we have problems with getting what we deserve and our value because we're scared to death to sell something. So give me give me your take on that. You're exactly right. Um, I, I remember how uncomfortable I felt. I, I almost felt some resentment towards my office manager for making me sales. It drove me insane because that's just not who I am. But I will tell you, when I was myself and I really took an interest in my clients or my patients and I remember them and I had a conversation with them and I I honestly this might sound really cheesy but I tell my patients I love them that's 
we have such a great relationship and my patients have been with me for six years since I started um, in all my locations. Like I had a patient yesterday who drove two hours, brought me flowers and took me to lunch. Like I, it's all about Tiffany. I can't, I can't stress this enough. It's all about relationships. Everything in your life is about relationships. And if you, if you, if you have any area that has some rough relationships, I, I recommend focusing on that because I promise you when you are right with your relationships, doors of opportunity open up and, you know, going back to, it was really hard for me to push sales. I don't push sales. I speak uh, honestly about products that I love. And when I am loyal to a product, I'm like, I love it so much. If you're not happy with it, bring it back. I, I, I want to be the Nordstrom brand of aesthetics. Like, I know we don't sell tires, but if you're not happy with it, bring it back. You know, I want to provide so much value and stand by my work and the products that we use. And I mean, it's like I tell my students, you need to be using aesthetic record because it will make your life so much easier. And I can speak to it. I'm not just selling. You know what I mean? I'm speaking to it because of my own personal experience where it, it really, I couldn't, I couldn't run six clinic locations and run a training database as large as we have with trainings everywhere because we run all of our models through the aesthetic record database nationwide. So I couldn't do things on that large of a scale without a program that worked efficiently. And I've tried other programs. So when I when something works for me, I, I'm loyal to it and I speak to it. I'm not out there you know, pushing on sales and sales. I'm just speaking. And when you're proud of something and you love something, it's so easy to speak to it. So I tell my nurses, you know, and, and really it's those that take advantage of the mentoring because I can't teach you everything in one day of a training. One day is just not enough. I need more time with you. And so we do, that's why we invite them back a second time. No additional cost. I want you to take my class a second time because I promise you'll learn something new. I want you to pick up the phone and call me when you need me. We do it through Marco Polo. I can see you. You can see me. I can help you tweak. We can adjust. I'm here for you. And they know I'm on a plane. I'm in a training. I'm running around. I have kids at the football game, but I always get back to my students, those that take advantage of the mentoring. Um, and so, the, you know, and business. If, if I went back to school and I took an entrepreneur program because I didn't know anything about business. So if you want to learn about sales, take a course, take an online course. If, if something's uncomfortable to you, you need to, you need to go, you need to hit it head on and overcome that because there's a reason why it's uncomfortable. So I challenge you do the uncomfortable because that's where we grow. Failure is the greatest teacher. There's nothing my students are going to do that I haven't already done myself. Um, so learn how to sell. Well, learn how to speak to your patients. Use the products. Why do you like it? How can it help them? If you're always focusing on adding more value, getting when your patients walk through the door, you want them to never leave your office feeling buyer's remorse. You want them to be proud of their purchase. You want them to feel more confident with themselves. It's how you treat them. It's their experience in your presence. And are you giving them a good product and service that will bring them back? So it, it, that's, those are trainings in themselves. You know, that's the conferences. Those are, there's so much out there that you can do to better yourself, but I give them those tools and I support them. I help them and I connect them with relationships. I could go on and on and on, but. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate the AR plug, by the way. And it's funny, I, we were, were building an institutional subscription to help with training programs. And you were the first person we called. We're like, we need Yvonne's advice on this because she'll know what to do because you do it at such a big scale. But, you know, I think about the interesting part of AR and in my role in aesthetics now is people will spend, to your point, they'll go all in on injecting training. They will spend countless hours. They'll pay for CMEs. If I could just do a more perfect lip, I could just do a more perfect cheek. They will die on the vine for a CME or a skill improvement. But to get them to sit down and take a 30-minute training about how to actually check out a patient or chart a procedure, we have to beg them. They no-show on average three times for a training for us. 
And then they call back into panic because they don't know how to do it. How do you chart? I can't chart. Like you spent 17 hours learning how to do a perfect lip and you didn't spend any time learning how to chart that lip. So that that lip doesn't matter if a medical board comes in and looks at it or the pharmacy board. Did you dispose of your product? Did you have proper inventory? Do you have lot numbers? It's like the business part of me, I cringe thinking without a proper practice management business mindset, it doesn't matter how good you are at injecting. You're a cog in the wheel if you can't make the wheel keep turning. And so I feel like so many trainings do a disservice of focusing only on injections and how to be a great injector, which should be a huge part of it. But also, you've got to now go out and be in a practice every day and run your inventory and look at your pricing and keep building your skill set, you know, not only in injecting, but also in business. And it's just a place where you know, I think about it all the time as we talk to, to customers in our system of like, I don't know how they're going to make it. Like they have no idea how to even do their, you know, their cost of goods sold. They think they're making 100% profit. They forgot about all their expenses. They just don't have any clue of what they're doing. And to your point, you went to an entrepreneurial class and took some, you know, took some official education to learn. I think you have to do it. I don't know how to inject. If I were going to go back and become an injector, I have to go to nursing school. Yeah, I've got to go to school and learn how to do it. To become a business person, I think is very similar. You've got to have some sort of a skill set or, you know, you've got to take some kind of a class or learn or something because it's very foreign to a lot of people. So I'm glad that you guys are focusing on that, too, with the mentoring program. It's just it's such a gap. Well, and I will say, if you look at our database of students, I would say 50 percent of them are entrepreneurs. They start their own thing. They start their own side. So I teach them just like I did. I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew that. I, I say, if you can't find the perfect job, create it. I went to all that schooling worked for a hospital for 16 years and they were going to put me up on a mountain in the snow to be a nurse as a nurse practitioner, you know? So I just said, okay, Yvonne, you have two choices. You can keep doing what you're doing and stay where you're at, which I'm very driven. Um, or you can create it. So what I did was jumped online, flew to Boston, took my mom. Cause I had to go to it. I went to a training in Boston and I had to bring my model Tiffany, I had already opened up my business, had everything. I just had to learn how to inject better. You know what I mean? So <laughs> That's so funny. I was, I was like, I'm going to do this. I'll figure it out as I go. And I think that has worked to my advantage. I see so many people plan and plan and plan and plan, and they're still planning. And I'm like, so I tell my students, look, I do not want you coming to my class and wasting your money. Learn the skills now so you can go home on Monday and let's start implementing those, even if you're just starting out with Botox. Like, that's the safe place to start. So I want them to get a return on their investment. I don't want them to waste their time and money on taking my class and not doing anything with it. But I can see I'm, I've gotten so good at reading their posture and reading their how they respond in class that I'm like, okay, I, I need you to come back and take my class again because I want to spend more time with you. I don't want you to fear but I want to let you know, I, and, and literally, Tiffany, I have spent so much time on my class, my curriculum, that every little detail has a specific, I mean, every little detail is so specific that it's going to keep them safe and prevent complications from the way we reconstitute to our techniques with injecting to backfilling syringes with fillers so that we're safer to the using the right product. Like every detail in my training is designed for safety and to give the best results and the best experience and the best outcome. And I know some people will be like, oh, you're way overthinking it. Not when you're a new injector. Like I tell them, when you learn to ride a bike, you have training wheels on and you have to pick up that one foot to put it on the pedal. You don't just hand somebody the keys to your speed racer bullet bike and put them on it and let them go. Like, we have to start at the very beginning on how to even hold a syringe. So there's a lot that goes into my training, but I never want them to leave feeling overwhelmed and discouraged. And that's why I always follow up with them. I call them, I text them, I mentor them. My team calls them. They never, they never leave me, never leave my fold. They're never on their own. So that's, I think what sets us apart. You just mentioned about the the speed bike versus the training wheels. True story happened all the time to me, you know, with with a manufacturer 
if you go in as a trainer, you're doing a training, that gets paid for as well by the company. The company pays a trainer to go in. So there's an investment there. And you'd have accounts who would beg for a trainer. You'd come in, you'd show them how to use a product. And they would never use it, never buy it, never use it, nothing. It's like, and they want to have the person come back in. And, oh, I forgot how to do it. Can she come back and train me again? And like, you didn't use it the first time around. So we're going to use it this time around. I'm investing in you twice and you've made no commitment to actually pull through with that. So it used to make me crazy. I would tell I would tell my sales reps, you can't go back in. You've already gone back. You've already gone once. That's on them now to take the initiative and actually show up and do it. You can't keep, you can't spoon feed them. So I understand that whole thing where they come, they invest. And then if they don't go use it, it's your fault. It's like, no, 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 it's your fault. You have to take what I've taught you and go, you know, go forth and prosper. I can't hold your hand when you go back home. I've, I've got to make sure that you're able to do it. You're equipped to do it. But the second part of that is those same people who would want to know how to inject, you know, toxin for the first time. They're getting their first training ever would ask me, are we going to do tear troughs today? When do we get to do temples? Like you have never even opened up a syringe and put a needle on yet of a dermal filler. We are not ready for tear troughs. Like let's figure out how to do a cheek where we think it's the least risky and maybe let's knock that out of the park first and maybe we'll get to like a lip. Yeah, People are so, there's a misconception that, I want to know how to do it all right now. And I think people underestimate the complexities and the difficulties of injecting. I think it just is like a sideshow or a moonlighting thing or my second job on Fridays. This is like a full-time gig. I mean, this is intense medicine. And I think we're getting closer to that now as we're doing more and more areas. But I would just be so shocked at these new nurses coming in saying, when do we get to do tear troughs? Like, why don't you do a successful glabella? And then we'll talk about your tear troughs. (laughs) You know, it's just, it's so shocking to me, but Hey, I guess, you know, if you're if you've got the gusto, then we should take advantage of that. But I'm sure you hear that a lot in your in your trainings as well. All the time. All the time. And I tell him, I said, look, um, it's completely different medicine than what you're used to. So I get that you've been a nurse for 18 years. I love that. I respect that. But when you come to my training, I want you to have no expectations of yourself because I've had students cry. Because they've been on Instagram and they look, it looks so easy mm-hmm. and overwhelmed. And they're like, I don't even know where to begin. And, and, and some don't even pick up the syringe. It's funny that you say that about, um, you know, them taking the class and then blaming it on me if they didn't do anything with it. I did have one student and I know my students. I mean, I've trained hundreds of them and I try never to forget any of them. But I had one in particular, and she left me a a two-star Google review, which I thank her because we need contrast, right? And I love, I really value feedback. And so, and I knew exactly what it was about. She she came to my training. She's from a very, very small farm town um, on the east side of Utah near Colorado. And I know her options are limited. Um, But I called the three med spas in her town. She had not even called herself. And so I have the same, my girls, and I, and I take this quote from somebody else and I, and I can't say who it is, but cause I don't know, but it's a closed mouth doesn't get fed. Tiffany, I will tell you the reason why I, I am a perlinium training is because while I was at a conference, I ran into perlinium and said, I want to train for your company. The reason why I'm a mint trainer is because I went to a training. And I said, I want to be a trainer. A closed mouth doesn't get that. All you have to do is ask. If somebody sends me their resume and they want to spend time with me and they're showing me that hard hustle, girl, those are going to be the first people I hire, right? Like you have to tell me, I don't know how to help you if you don't tell me. So this student wanted to give me a two-star review, never asking for help, never like I will go to the moon and back to help anybody that's invested in my company for a training, I will always make it right because I have a very high standard. I have a very, I have very high standards and expectations of myself. And if my training wasn't valuable, I will give you your money back 100%. But you have to do the work. I went to grad school, couldn't find a job. Do you think I could call my grad program and say, I need that 125 grand back because I can't find a job? No. So you have to want it. And I will tell you, I've had students take my course and see 40 patients their first month or make seven grand their first month because they were hungry. They asked for it and they went after it. And then I have students that have taken my course and never picked up another syringe, which breaks my heart. Because when you invest in your education, 
just like if I buy a book and I'm obsessed with reading, if I don't implement those tools and skills that I learned from that book, it's not valuable, right? It's only worth the $14.99 that I paid for it. But when you implement it and it doubles your revenue, then it's now worth a $500,000 book. So, you know, it's, it's up to you, but if you're hungry enough, it's yours. And if you're not, you're going to miss out. That door will never open. But I often wonder, though, Yvonne, is it worth it to have people who don't pick up a syringe again? Like, it's almost like Darwin, right? Natural selection. Like, maybe there's a reason why they couldn't, they didn't hustle because they were scared. They had too much fear. It wasn't for them. They realized that, oh, my gosh, this is not a fun thing. This is actually a job. I mean, it's fun, but I've got to work. I think there's sometimes we we dodge the bullet because they choose to not keep engaging. So to your point, thanks for the contrast. You know, maybe we're glad that they don't do it. Uh, but I love your quote, that a closed mouth does not get fed. You know, it's interesting for me as a person who picks, you know, bodies to go on stage, picks podium speakers. This year for Static Next, we have 60 faculty, I think, give or take. I only had maybe four people who reached out to me and said, I would love to be at your meeting on stage. Four out of 60. I had to hand select the other 54 or other 56 because I knew that they were good. You know, I knew that they were great at their craft. They had great things to share and to learn. But people don't ask for things anymore, you know. I raise my hand all the time, probably too much. That's why I have too many jobs. That's why you you have too many jobs. Because my thought is, will this thing get me to the next thing and the next thing? You know, I want to be part of everyone's conversation in a good way, be part of everything that's happening, all the innovation, but you got to ask for it. And people in today's age are either over the top with asking, extremely forceful and ask for more than they deserve, or they just choose not to engage. And I love that. A closed mouth does not get fed. Like that's the perfect quote. I love it. We've got to we got to find the author and, and figure out who said that originally. Oh, it's perfect. But it has served <laughs> me well. It has served me well. I've learned a lot, and and really, everybody is so busy. So when when someone comes to you and they're interested in your company and representing you, by heck yeah, ask yeah. It's it served me so well. I wouldn't be today. I wouldn't be where I'm at today if I wouldn't have asked for the opportunities. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a transition into speaking of fear. We mentioned that a little bit earlier. So medical directorship, when we say that word, thinking about all the things we talked about just now, selling, adverse events, being great at your craft, I think people, especially nurses in America right now, are under under siege with this whole medical director thing. I think you can practice independently in Utah, correct? You can be your own medical director. And that's not the case in many states. And so, you know, we fight that battle. Obviously, AMSBAL is involved there in some level, other attorneys and legislature and, you know, model rules, all these things. But it's so misunderstood. But the part that makes me crazy is we require a medical director, which means go find a random Joe off the street, Dr. Joe off the street. Let him be your medical director. He knows nothing. She knows nothing. They can't help you with an adverse event. They're not part of your learning circle or your healthcare team. But on paper, you have a medical director. So congratulations, you passed the test. But you're changing that. You're teaching them. You're giving them skills. You're upskilling them on how to be part of this medical spa and like actually be a contributing member of, of the team. So give us an idea of, A, what it takes to become a medical director, like in general, the skill set, the gumption to do it, and then how you're helping to really educate those Dr. Joes off the street to be part of you know part of the med spa world. Yeah. So I had actually gone to M Spa and I said, look, there's a need. I think there's an opportunity for this. We need to create a medical director program. And we, we battled with it, talked about it, and it never happened. So I'm like, look, I got to just do it. I'm just going to do it. So I hired the Utah's uh, Department of Licensing Attorney. And we sat down with him for three months last summer during COVID. And we hammered out all the laws, the grays, the whites, and the blacks of all the colors of the in-betweens, right? And... Um, so we do not let any medical director that doesn't have training in injections be a medical director. That should be the bar. If you want to be a medical director, you need proper training. Our medical directors take a training and then they act as a leader. Okay. So really the, the, the providers that we want to be medical directors, we want them to have a leadership role and experience. And we don't want them to willy nilly. We don't want them to ignore the needs of the nurses. Like this is a privilege to be in this position and you are a leader set by example, lead by example and follow cross your T's and dot your I's because it's your license and it's their license. And we all worked really hard at obtaining these. And it's, it's, you know, the bread that's on your dinner table, like it, your license puts food 
on your table for your family and a roof over their head. So there's a lot of responsibility to that. So let's honor and respect that and let's do everything by the law. I know there are several nurses that have medical directors and just have their name to prescribe. And those patients have never seen the whites of the eyes of the medical director, which it's wrong. And we shouldn't run. We shouldn't be doing medicine that way. We shouldn't be performing that way. So how our program is, it's a, it's an online course. And then they get a one hour zoom call with our medical director educator. And Tiffany, I do hire my students. I invest back into them and I train back and we really do have a beautiful community because they all reach back and pull somebody else up. So um, we sat with Hal Reiser, our attorney, and we even invited him to a community event and we invited every injector in the state of Utah to come sit in and they picked his brain for two, three hours on the laws. And so what we did is we created a contract, like an agreement that the medical director has with their nurse injectors all of them are required to use aesthetic record for their charting so that the medical director can sign off the charts for the nurses. We have standing orders in place because if a nurse injector is injecting under a medical director's license, they need standing orders just like at the hospital. And I know that's not happening. Nurses cannot diagnose or treat, diagnose a wrinkle or treat a patient with Botox without a standing order in place. We need those policies and procedures and standing orders in place. And then, you know, you, you mentioned the Occlusion Rx kit. We um, created, you know, a protocol from white papers that we've read. And we know that there's no one standing uh, protocol for vascular events. But if I always tell my students, if you are performing a procedure and you don't know how to fix the complication, you have no business doing that procedure in the first place. And it all starts from the top. The medical director is delegating. They need to make certain, one, that they know how to properly delegate the procedure, and then they know how to fix the complication and guide and direct that injector to fix those complications. So our Occlusion RX um, kit is very well designed and it's you know improving daily, but um, it has those standing orders in place because if you have a kit full of medication, and you don't know how to use it, it all falls back on that medical director. And then that jeopardizes your license because you have medication you don't even know how to use. Um, and so the medical director must be trained in all the procedures, simple Botox, filler, the complications, and then to be properly delegating, they must do a face-to-face -face visit, which is beautiful because aesthetic record allows my nurses to book on my schedule. I can do a televisit. Um, and I can clear their health history once a year. If any changes to their health history, then I see them again. But really, your medical director should be within 60 minutes or 60 miles. And the other thing about our program, which is beautiful, is we have a huge community in Salt Lake. My trainings dominate the Utah market. So if I'm traveling, you know how many medical directors are in my vicinity that I've trained that have got my back and up in Salt Lake that have got my back because we are a community. We are colleagues that stand by each other and support each other and promote each other. So I promise you relationships are everything. And um, we want to raise the bar in the industry. We want to lead by example. We want to teach not only our injectors and our medical directors, but your patients. If you aren't seeing who the medical director is, if you don't have that medical director's cell phone number, if something goes wrong, that's a red flag too. The patient has every right to know who the medical director is and the patient should be able to bypass the nurse injector to get to the medical director if there is an emergency. So um, I feel I'm, I'm very proud of the medical director program we've created. We're working on implementing it into Idaho, working with an attorney there. We've built it for Nevada. Um, so we're growing at, you know, the growing pains. We can't hire people quick enough and train them fast enough, but um, it's beautiful to see the community grow. I love seeing my uh, students evolve and take on more responsibilities and roles. And you know what? It helps me because I train them to be a medical director and then I have a place for my students to go. So it's a beautiful relationship. It's a beautiful business plan that I never thought uh, 
But I, again, I took an opportunity. I took a need and I turned it into an opportunity. And, and here we are with this amazing community that helped each other. So it's fun. Well, I love that you're vertically integrated. You know, I think about, there's a few big medical spas we work with in our system, you know, a few big chains. And we talk a lot about to hire good people, you need a training program. Because if you can train people, you know, and they're coming in, like when they come to you, that same stage in their career, you're teaching them your ways, your thought process, your assessment, your compliance and ethics. And then you hire them into your actual medical spa. Like it's a, it's a ever evolving or constantly churning will of new people, of new talent who are learning and, and, you know, growing with your skill set, your expertise and your perspective. So I love the fact that you're almost like training them. They go build a spa. Then you can hire out people who you're training next time into that same spa. But you mentioned on the medical director part, what I think is really fascinating for our industry is people often try to find the fastest way to get things done or the quickest way or the least difficult way, not the right way. I find that to be unfortunately really common and not that it's a nurse or a doctor or whomever, even business, you know, the, the office manager, but because we're all so freaking busy. And I think a medical director is one of those things that often gets neglected. It's like, just get a person, put them in place. Let's call it a day. Like we're, we're good to go. And to what you've talked about, I think about every day, even in our own business, you know, cybersecurity, breaches, HIPAA. If someone were to come into our system and try to test it and break it and turn us in or whatever that is, can we sustain that? Can we hold up in court and say, no chance. We've done it right. We've done it correctly. Poke holes all you want. Nothing's going to happen. Like it's all buttoned up. And if you can't say that, how do you sleep at night? Like I can't imagine as a person who's worked like you have, you know, NP degree, worked tirelessly for decades to build your career to say, meh, we'll just cut a corner here. No big deal. Because they're going to come for you. If you're successful in this industry, they're going to come for you. Rest assured, mark my words, they are going to come and try to take whatever you've built on your own from you for themselves. Don't make it easy on them. Make them have to go through the hoops and realize that you've done it ethically, correctly. You've gone the right way. You've not cut corners. You're just that damn good. You know, I think that there's a gap here for the industry that people don't do that. They just hit the easy button. And we know, you and I both know we've been around long enough that well, manufacturers going after each other and, you know, spas going after each other. It just happens and you can't take that risk. And for patient safety, for sure. Like, number one, obviously you can't do it. But just because of your own license, your own business, what you've worked for, it puts everything at risk. So I, pre- I appreciate as a person who's in software and sees all the charts coming through that you're really pushing people to do it the right way, especially on the medical director front. And just the gap for me right now in the industry is that. That's our biggest our biggest issue right now, our biggest kind of gutter ball is medical directorship and getting people trained to do it correctly in, in today's society. You know, um, our medical directors, how our program works is they act as mentors. They actually have to pass off the skills of the injector. The injector is required to have a cadaver course within that six months. And they have a, they have a binder on each injector and all their training, their licenses, their malpractice insurance, like it is a legit program that, but the, the injectors never on their own. That medical director passes them off on every scale. And you know, what's beautiful is a lot of them, um, hire them and work them and put them in their med spa and they train together. They learn together. Like it gives me so much joy to watch one of my older graduates placing my newest graduates in their med spa. Like I, I just love that. I'm like, I have so many of that that have done that. I'm like, you guys, this just makes me so happy. And I love to even see that some of the, uh, the, the nurse practitioners I've trained three years ago are now, sound, now starting to train. And I'm like, oh, it's, a, it's beautiful to watch it evolve correctly, efficiently, successfully. Like there's a lot of stories out there of people just doing these willy nilly trainings, like you mentioned. And it's, we had one, I got a call yesterday. So my students are very loyal to me and they kind of keep me in the loop when they hear things. And there's somebody out training and getting products from Canada and all five models, none of their treatments worked. Yeah. There's a lot of this shady stuff. And so my students know like it's our responsibility to report that too, because it's our patients, it's our community, it's negligence. It's so, and I feel responsible that as an educator and as a leader in the industry that we need to make certain that that's not happening. I would never take somebody's income away if they were doing it correctly and safely. I don't believe in competition. Let me help you. Let me help you get better. 
but I will take away that away if it's done done incorrectly and you know if it's not safe if it's affecting I mean that she said I can't teach you dermal fillers because someone just stole all the dermal fillers out of my car but yet she charged them for the training that was supposed to be for dermal fillers too and her pot her Botox came from Canada and so my student immediately called me and said Yvonne you're not gonna believe what's going on because the student that had taken the course went to my student to get mentored from and the other thing about my medical directors is they will not take uh, nurse injectors that have not gone through my training because they don't know how they were trained. So they don't want to be responsible when they don't know what kind of training they've had to begin with. So they will they they like staying with our students. But I do have to say last week, in the last two weeks, I've had two calls. I've had a call from a medical director from another training program wanting to hire our injectors which flattered me and then I got a call from a med spa chain on the west coast that has probably 14 locations and they want to meet with me on helping them implement a training program through their um, business because it's cheaper to keep training in-house right and have consistency among all your injectors in 14 locations so I'm honored to be able to help them create a training program for their um, their franchise and, you know, keep that within their facility. So I love that I can add value to somebody else and teach them what's worked for me. Um, but it's, you know, I think it just, everything comes full circle. Relationships, you know, your career, everything just comes full circle. So uh, I love what you said about coming full circle because I think about, so at, at our event this year, we're having a what's called core, these classes core, and trying to do a whole collection of classes where we can give an injector, you know, if they've done, you know, eight or nine core classes, like here was the curriculum that you learned, here are the outcomes that you took, here are the things that you were exposed to. Because as a medical director, you have no idea what they've been trained with, who who they've been trained by, what products that they used, what was the level of difficulty, or there any learning outcomes? Like you're, it's kind of like you're flying blind, praying that when they say they're certified, which we know is not even a thing in aesthetics, that they really mean that, unless it's cans, obviously. So I think that you know you're establishing like a, a bar or a, a standard where they can measure against it, and the industry right now, as we both know, there is no curriculum, there is no standard, there is no official, you know, board licensing of any sort. Hopefully one day we get there as a, as a group because we need to get there. Because again, it's, it is Russian roulette right now in many ways. So I appreciate that you're doing that because I think there are so many med spas, so many chain med spas, you know, multi-location who are trying to scale and they can't train at scale. They don't have the capacity. They don't have the skill set to do it. They don't have the time to do it. And they need somebody like you to kind of build their overarching, you know, here's how we do it this way. We all do it the same way. Because, you know, if you've heard me lecture, I hate to have somebody who's like the star of the show and injects different than everybody else and like dominates the schedule. And No, we do it all the same way here. This is the way it needs to be done. So kudos for you of doing that. But we're about to wrap up here. We've been together for what feels like 10 minutes has been an hour. But I want to end on Occlusion RX because... My other hot button in this industry, besides medical directors, is adverse event management and accounts that I go into that have no hyaluronidase, zero hyaluronidase, zero plan, zero adverse event training, and they are injecting filler like it's, you know, the end of the world. And I'm a nervous wreck because I'm the person in the chair, Yvonne, who's like thinking to myself, oh, I think she had a vessel. I'm about to have an occlusion. Oh, my gosh, I can feel an adverse event coming on. Like I'm the crazy neurotic patient who is like basically predicting that it's happening and I can feel it happening in my face. So I can't imagine going to a clinic without any sort of a plan. And you're building this incredible kit, these standing orders, this whole, I don't know, this whole thing, this whole like entire protocol. Give us what that looks like. When can we buy it? When's it coming to fruition? And how do we adopt that in our practices? Yeah. So how that all came about was I was holding a community event and I just said, okay, by the raise of your hands. Now remind you, this is a community event that all injectors from all over the state are invited to. And I said, okay, how, you know, how many of you in here have Hylinex in your office? Raise your hand. And I heard voices like, what's Hylinex? What's Hylinex? And I was like, okay, so let's back up. How many of you in here do not know what Hylinex is and half the room raised their hand? And I was like, okay, now let's, now that's a problem. I was like, why don't we create a vascular occlusion kit? Because I know I need one and I know all my students need one. And so what I did was, why hasn't anybody done that yet? And what are the loops that 
that have um, kept somebody from doing this. So I actually met with one of the, um, he's a volunteer at the university, but he's 75 years old. He's invented so many things and he really just gives his time to the students. So I sat down with him and he said, okay, Yvonne, these drugs, you can't trademark because they're already drugs, but you can trademark the name occlusion RX. So we've sent that off to the attorneys. It's in trademark. We just sent our check. And, um, but, and, and everybody was like, well, you can't kit drugs. You can't kit medications. I'm like, okay, well, how do we get around this? So what I, I went to this, um, community mastermind meeting that was held by a pharmacist here in town. And I said, listen, I have this great idea and I really could use your help. He's a big pharmacy and he's pharmacist. He's licensed in almost every state. I said, how about you? I'll create the kit. They'll, they'll fax the prescription to you. You dispense the drugs in our kits and we work together and you ship them out. That's how we got around it. So I'm not dispensing the drugs. The pharmacist is with their medical license and the prescriptions on file through the pharmacy. So that's how we got around it. So what we did was we've gone through all the research, all the papers I could get my hands on, all the trainings I could get my hands on. And we've just created what we know to be what works, right? Is step one, do this, step two, have all these medications in your kit. We have the forms, we have patient transfer forms if you have to transfer them to the emergency room. Um, we have all the standing protocols in place for your, your medical directors to delegate to your nurses. And then a list of when the medications expire. Now, my memory goes back to being an ER nurse where we would run trauma codes every quarter. Well, why don't we run a code in the clinic every quarter where everybody's included, the front desk, the office manager, all the injectors. Everybody must know how to identify a vascular event because if a patient leaves the office and the front desk misses something that was obviously there, her eyes need to be able to say, hey, I think something's going on. So I've made it where all the staff is involved and their quarterly mock trainings and we practice bulbar, well, we, we watch videos on retro bulbar injections. We practice ocular massage. We have all the supplies in our kits, you know, in our kit. We have the protocols. We have cheat sheets. So it's been a long, a longer process than I wanted it to be. But anytime you're creating a product, you roll it out, you do a soft launch, you get feedback, you implement, you change. So we did a soft launch. We did a roundtable discussion with 10 of our grads. And we wanted them to pick it apart. We wanted to, we wanted to know their feedback. Is it user friendly? How can we improve it? So we've we've taken that feedback, and with all the growth of building two new locations and growing this, and like <laughs> it's as an entrepreneur, you're spread so thin, and it's trying to hire all the help. Um, so we're working with obviously China to mass produce these kits with our brand and our logo, and getting it just how we want. Ideally, I'm still trying to find somebody to design an insert so the medications lay really nice and organized, but that's still time. We have most of the forms and we have all the training ready to go. Um, so I think we'll do another soft launch just because we have so many people interested in it. And then we'll continue to evolve and implement change just as we have the school for the past, you know, over three years. So I think it's just going to always be... Um, evolving it will always get better um but then we do you know just like our medical director program all the medical directors we try to do a monthly meeting where we collaborate in the vascular occlusion kit we want to do monthly check-ins with our um, members and then anytime new research comes out we want to provide them with that or you know update changes do we need to add a different medication and so you know, Tiffany, when you have a product that's evolving and growing and you just need more people to help with all those pieces. And so, um, you know, I've hired uh, one of our nurse practitioner students to actually teach the vascular occlusion course for us. And then, so like I say, I, I find, she's taught for a major university here for many years um, in their nursing department. So I, you know, find those students and I just give back to them and I utilize them and we grow together and you know when I hire an employee I want to know their vision and their goals and because those are just as important to me and so if we can all grow together and achieve our goals together and it just makes a 
much beautiful, a much more beautiful experience and relationship all around. So yes, Occlusion RX is coming soon. We're waiting on the trademark, official trademark symbol, um, designing, finishing those kits, uh, the design from the kits, and then, you know, just putting all those medications in the right place with the right protocols. And it's just those final touches, really. So I hope when you get these kits launched and finished that you put those on the AR marketplace, because one of the things we get asked for every single day in our company is how do I find Hyaluronidase? Where do I order it? How do I get a hold of it? Who's going to teach me how to use it? So the protocols piece, not only getting it, but the protocols piece, I get asked all the time if I should do it. Like, do you know how to how I should dilute this? No, I don't. And if I did, I couldn't tell you. Like, I don't give medical advice, but there's such a desperate need for it that I think you're going to have incredible success with this as a business venture, probably taking on its own life, its own thing in the future. Uh, So from an industry perspective, like this, to your point, is a gap that you found that if you fill this gap and fill it well, it's going to fill your cup and a lot of your nurse injectors cups and medical directors cups as well, because it's it's a massive need. So we're waiting on it, Yvonne, we're waiting with bated breath to get these kits in. Okay, I'll double time. I know it, it is a beautiful thing. And it's if I can help another injector just feel more confident that they have that raincoat, right? Those uh, the, the umbrella, because it's always, if I have it, I feel a little more at ease, but it's like, what do I do if I don't? You know, we even tried to partner with the Hyaluronidase manufacturer that's in California and they wouldn't work with us at all. So our best thing is, is just ordering it through the pharmacist. But what our pharmacist has done, because these a lot of these are individual pieces, it's less expensive to let us order it through our pharmacist because we have multiple going out versus them. I can give them the prescription order and they can go try to fill it themselves. That's fine. Um, but it's going to cost them more money than if we just bundle it in the kit and send it out that way. So, and they're not, and they're not, and they're not going to do it right. You, if you have to make them go do it, it's just another step where they, if they forgot, Oh gosh, I forgot to go get it done. I know I have the prescription and then the adverse event happens that day. It's like that prescription's great, but no one has it. So, and injectors, you know, we all think blindly, even those who are great at anatomy, it will never happen to us. It happens to everyone. Mark my words, if you're an injector listening to this podcast, you will have an AE. It is unavoidable. It's just the law of statistics, the law of numbers. It will happen to you. You best know how to fix it and how to get through it and how to refer out ER, retrobulbar injections, whatever it is you got to do. Get Yvonne on speed dial, <laughs> whatever the whatever the route is, it's going to happen to you. It's just the nature of the beast unfortunately. And Tiffany, if I can just say something really quick, when you say, you know, get Yvonne on speed dial, I call my colleagues and let me tell you why, because they're not emotionally involved in the situation. So the last one I thought I had, I literally FaceTimed Julie and I'm like, Julie, you know, Juvederm, Julie, Jubilant, Julie. Um, I said, can you just set your eyes on this? And I also called Brittany Crossdale in Chicago. Look, just set your eyes on this because when it's your patient, you're emotionally involved in the situation and that cognitive brain just goes out the door. Even though you've been through the protocols, you've designed the kit, you still need somebody that's not emotionally involved to guide you through all those things that you know. But I promise you, it is, it's all of our, it's an injector's worst nightmare. It, it, it haunts us really like it does because we would never want to create harm or complication or risk someone's vision or cause permanent, you know, disfigurement or any of that. We've never intentionally want to do that. So our best thing to do is just be as prepared as we possibly can. Keep training that our industry is a baby still. That's why there aren't enough experienced nurses to hire because we're still a baby and we're still learning and evolving So you can never stop learning, but have your colleagues, have your community, have your people at your fingertips. I always tell my students, you should always know where your wound clinic is, your hyperbaric chamber. You should always know your ocular surgeon. I've called our ER. They do not carry Hylinex. I said, I will come in and train your staff as to what to look for. Tiffany, the ER now calls me. Can we send a patient? to consult because we don't know. She said she had Botox or she said she had this. We don't know. So they now call me to look at things. It takes a community. It takes colleagues. It takes, you can, we can't be successful on our own and we're going to go through hard times. And if we don't have that community, 
you know, then we're on our own and it's that much scarier. And I never want anyone to not ever pick up a syringe again because they had a complication. We'll get through it. We, we have our consent in place, right? We've explained it before we even touch the patient. If any of these things happen, these are the steps we need to take. So I want you to be very clear if you have discomfort or pain or, you know, question anything, ask me. We're going to go through this together so that if this does happen, I have the enzyme in my fridge and we will dissolve it. And I always tell them it's much easier for me to dissolve filler that's in the tissue, but it's not so easy to dissolve filler that's in a vessel because it has to get through the vessel wall. And I tell my students that all the time. It doesn't happen quickly. It's going to take a long time to dissolve that. And it's an off-label use. There is no antidote to dissolve filler. This is an off-label use of a dispersing agent. And this is the best we have right now. So I think as we keep learning and evolving, we'll get better. But we got to do what we got to do. We still are just throwing the kitchen sink at it. Everything that's in your kit and some, you know, that's kind of how these events we have to just throw everything at it. And the pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical companies can't do it either because, you know, Galderma, MERS, Allergan, they can't talk about it at all because your point is off-label. So they know they're giving you the drug and not the antidote, but they don't have a choice. So I think, you're again, you're filling a huge gap. But I love what you said about emotionally separating out the person who has a potential occlusion versus the person who's looking at it because I think you do become so overwhelmed. That's why I think pre- preparation is so key because in the moment of terror, because I think it is a terrorizing thing for an injector, Keeping your wits about you is hard, but if you have a very outlined protocol process, stepwise method, I think you far way better because you've got at least a plan to rely on whenever your cognitive brain goes out the window, to to use your words, because I think it does go out because you're scared. I mean, I would be scared for sure. So. God love Jubilant Julie. She's everyone's speed dial call. We love you, Julie. We love you so much because she's everyone's like, Julie, look at this. Is this thing happening? I, her poor phone probably rings 24 hours a day. But but to your point, she's been doing this for 20-something years because she's so giving of her time, of her education, of her expertise. She is part of everyone's core community because she is because she's just Julie. You know, we all love her. But anywho, you're the same way. We all love you too, Yvonne. So we've gone, we've gone kind of through all kinds of topics today, through entrepreneurialism, through your, your journey, your Toyota Corolla, selling that to start your first business, all the way through occlusions and how you're going to hopefully revolutionize our industry with what you're offering. And so you are fascinating to me. I think that you're doing a lot of the things that I wish I had time and, and expertise to do, but I'm living through you vicariously. So thank you for all you're doing. Thank you. Likewise, and I am just so honored to be a part of your community and helping with aesthetic next and i love your aesthetic record so i'm grateful that it's able to serve my community so thank you well for the record we have loved having you here today and for those guests that want more of you you're going to be at aesthetic next you're giving a few lectures there on your website for MAAI, you have courses all listed out. So I think you've got, I was just looking this morning, you have lots of courses coming up. So you guys check that to find more courses. If you're an employer looking to hire nurses who've been trained by Yvonne's team, contact her for that as well, because she can tell you who's coming out in your area, who's got the skill set, who's ready to be you know, brought on to your clinics. Medical directors, same thing. I think, you know, you are like the little wealth of knowledge, the ecosystem of our entire industry. So reach out to Yvonne. You need her. She's on Instagram as well. I think you have a personal and you have the company Instagram both. So you guys can find both of those in our little, uh, we'll put it in the little comments part of our, our podcast description. But we've loved having you and I can't wait to see what's next for you. But until then, I'll see you live in September. And I'm very excited about that. Perfect. Thank you so much. Well, have a great rest of your day and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of For the Record. This podcast is not intended to provide legal or medical advice. It's for entertainment, education, and information purposes only. For more information on this week's guest or to get started with Aesthetic Record, email us at info at aestheticrecord.com. Be sure to tune in next week for more fresh perspectives on disrupting the status quo and surviving in the aesthetics industry.